Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray and holy. Hello and welcome to Preaching Time. My name is Brother Robert Reynolds. I'm from Good Fight Baptist Ministries in Lipa City, Batangas, Philippines. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be with me today uh, on uh, Preaching Time. Uh, and I pray that uh, this message that, uh, that I have for you is a blessing to you and it helps you to grow in grace. Amen. Okay, uh, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to preach a little bit on sin. And we're going to use the account of Cain and Abel. Okay, so go to uh, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And we'll read verses 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 4. Verses 1 to 7. All right. Starting in verse 1, the King James Bible says this. And Adam knew Eve, his wife. Now, that does not mean that Adam met his wife. That, Hi, how you doing? That's not what that means. That means sexual relations. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So there you see in verses 1 and 2 that Cain and Abel were twins. Otherwise you would see in verse 2, Eve conceiving again, but she bare Abel. And in process of time it come to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock. And of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? And verse 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. 
All right, so sin is mentioned in the Bible 448 times. So it is something very important to God. The Bible is God's word. And through the Bible is how God communicates with us. The very first time that sin is mentioned in the Bible is Genesis 4, verse 7. And that verse says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. What God is saying here is this. If you obey what God says, which Cain was not, then there is acceptance. Cain did not obey God. He did not do well. He was trying to save himself by his own works by offering uh, from the ground but God wanted a blood offering so God did not accept the fruit of the ground thus since Cain did not do well sin lieth at the door so Cain had a problem. And that problem was a sin problem. The Bible says, All unrighteousness is sin. 1 John 5.17 The Bible says, Sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John 3 4. Number three, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans 14 23. And high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Proverbs 21 verse 4. And the thought of foolishness. Is sin. Proverbs 24 verse 9. So the sin that is called into remembrance today by the Holy Spirit is the sin of unbelief. Look at John 16 verse 7. John 16 verse 7. And we'll just keep on going here. Let's see. Starting in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come... He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness 
and of judgment. And verse 9, of sin, because they believe not on me. You see that? It's a sin to not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And without believing and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and his, his precious shed blood, his death, burial, and resurrection, if you die, you will die in your sin and you will wake up in hell with no opportunity ever again to change your mind about Christ. So you need to uh, turn from unbelief to belief. Amen? So now sin is lying at Cain's door and wants to control him. But look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, and let's read verses, um, let's see, 12 to 14. Romans 6, verses 12 to 14. Now let's start in verse 11. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Do you see that? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Amen. Don't let sin control you. But does that mean that we will not sin at all? No. There is no such thing as sinless perfection when it comes to the child of God. The only person to ever walk this earth that was sinless is Jesus Christ. Amen? And just remember that even the Apostle Paul struggled. Look at Romans 7. Romans 7 verses 14. 
verses 14 to 17. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. And in verse 17, Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. You, you see, when you get saved, you put your faith and trust in Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and He dwells inside of you. He baptizes you into the body of Christ. He performs a spiritual surgery, cutting away the soul from the flesh. And so now you are made free from sin. All right? But that sinful flesh does not go anywhere. It is right there. That's your house. But it is sinful. And so you got that sinful flesh. It's pulling you one way. And and it's saying, it's okay to do this and do that. There, there's nobody around. Nobody's watching. You're by yourself. Nobody's ever going to know. And one time is not going to hurt. It's okay. But then you got that Holy Spirit living inside of you. That new man. And it's pulling you in the other direction. And saying, oh no, don't you do that. That will not glorify the Lord the wages of sin is death excuse me remember that amen so even Paul struggled we will struggle the Christian life is not easy it's not a bed of roses we're gonna go through struggles But remember, sin, sin comes from the heart. And what does the Bible say about the heart? Go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, I remember years ago uh, when, uh, when I was on my, my second ship in the Navy, I had some things on my mind and, and um, 
they they were kind of bothering me a little bit. So I went to uh, my best friend on the ship at that time, and um, and he, and he was he was actually on my first ship as well. You know, I met him on on my first ship, uh, and uh, and so I went to him because these things were bothering me, and um, he just asked me. So what does your heart tell you? Whatever your heart tells you, just follow your heart. But you saw right there in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is, is wicked, it's deceitful. So following or to follow your heart is not biblical advice. We are to not follow our hearts. We are to lead our hearts. Amen? So how did man's heart become deceitful and wicked? Look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And we'll read verses 15 to 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Okay, that's positive. And in verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. That's a negative. So God has given a command to the man to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now sin is not imputed where there is no law, right? The only law that Adam and Eve had was to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, look what happens in chapter 3. Let's start in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, let me stop there. Serpent. Many believe that that serpent is a snake. But that is not the case. That serpent there is... Satan himself. Okay? And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did God really say that? You better think about that. Are you really sure? They are trying to put doubt in Eve's mind about what God really said. Okay? Uh, verse 2. Look what happens here to Eve. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Okay? There, notice that she left out one word. She left out freely. Freely. Verse 3. 
But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So did God say that they could not touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? No. So Eve adds there. First she takes away and then she adds. And then, lest ye die. Did God say, lest ye die? Lest means possibly, maybe, could be, you might. But God said, ye shall surely die. So, she changed God's word. Now, man has been doing that ever since. That's so why there's so many, so many uh, perversions out on the market today. And, and they say that they're trying to make it easier for you to understand. No, they're not. You see what, what Satan tried to do to Eve? And, and it worked. He, he tried to confuse her about what God really said. And it worked. And that's what the perversions of the Bible do they confuse you about what God really says now my my mom um, she left the independent Baptist church because she said that the independent Baptist church has too many rules and so she ended up going to the Church of Christ. Then she come back and, and she told me one day that she don't like it because everybody had a different version of the Bible. And so what was that doing? It was causing confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. Okay? And so, let's go to verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Okay, so now Satan is calling God a liar. But who is a liar and the father of lies? The devil, right? Satan. Ye shall not surely die. In verse 5 For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now look at verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave un, unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Okay, so Eve was tempted with all the things that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. 
and she ate of that tree. Gave to her husband. And he did eat also. And so when he ate, he died spiritually that day. His spirit died. Remember that, that we are a trinity like God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have body, soul, and spirit. But Adam ate of that tree and his spirit died. Now he is two-thirds man. He is incomplete. Alright, now everyone after him is born in the image of Adam with a dead spirit. And not in the image of God as most believe. So why did Adam eat of that tree? Why did he why did he take it from Eve instead of instead of saying Eve you will not do that because God gave me a commandment to not eat of that tree. Why didn't he do that? Because he loved his wife more than God. Now, because of Adam, all mankind is fallen. They have that dead spirit, remember? And that's why Christ told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Ye must be born again. That spirit needs to be made alive. And how does a person do that? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting his precious shed blood, his death, burial, and resurrection. And he'll be born again. Alright, look at Romans 5, 12. Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sin you see that there so let me ask you a personal question does that word all include you it includes me Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And I'll show you that body, soul, and spirit. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See that see that trinity there? Just as God is a trinity. So what are the effects of sin on man? 
Well, let's go to Romans 1. And this is a little bit long, so please bear with me here. Romans 1. And uh, we'll start in verse 18 and we'll go all the way to verse 32. So I want you to see the whole context of this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So, so many say, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe God exists. I don't believe that there is a higher power. But in all actuality, in all reality, there is no such thing as an atheist. You see right there that God, God has showed it to them. He has placed his laws in the hearts of every man. Everyone knows that God exists. Everyone knows that God is real. The issue is they just do not want him to interfere in their lives, in their business. Amen. So, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, see that? Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. So there you see they glorify him not as God. Neither were thankful, so they're unthankful to God, but become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Okay, so uh, they became vain in their imaginations. Emptiness. Their imaginations were emptiness. It's empty. And their foolish heart was darkened. They got a black heart. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Idolatry. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dis, uh, dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Okay, so, so you see that... Uh, they knew God, but they glorified Him not as God. They were not thankful to Him. Alright? Uh, and, and so, uh, the next step after that, you see in those verses that I read there, men with men, working that which is unseemly, women, 
all right? Um, women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So you glorify, um, you don't glorify God as God, you're unthankful to Him, and then next step is homosexuality, sodomy, sodomites. Okay, so now let's see. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now, verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Okay, so they have, they, they do these things and they have pleasure in those that also do them. It pleases them. Wow. So these things are done because people are sinners. But these sins are not what sends a person to hell. Remember, it's a sin to not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at Acts 16. Acts 16. And let's start in verse 29. And... Um, this is dealing with Paul and Silas, right? And they're in prison, and at midnight they're singing praises unto the Lord, and there's an earthquake, it opens up the prison doors, and the Philippian jailer was going to kill himself because he thought that they were going to escape, but they don't go anywhere, okay? Now, verse 29. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, the Philippian jailer, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now pay attention to verse 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see that there? Now notice, and thy house. That does not mean that if someone uh, gets saved in a household, then the whole household is saved. What that means is that your household will be saved the same way that you are. By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13. 
that we should be, oh, and by the way, this is the transaction for salvation, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so you hear the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation found in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you hear it, you believe it, you trust it, and you're sealed into the day of redemption. Amen. The day of redemption is the rapture. So once you are saved, you are sealed. You cannot lose your salvation whatsoever. Nobody can take it away from you. Nothing can take it away from you. But does that give us a right to, to sin? Because we're not going to lose our salvation. We have freedom now. We have liberty now in Christ, but does that give us a right to sin? And, and some people say that, that we Baptists teach that, that it's okay, but it is not. We are to reckon ourselves dead to sin. And we're not to allow sin to reign in our mortal bodies. Amen. So look at John one twelve. John one twelve. And let's read thirteen also. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see that there? Believe. Believe. Now, what is it that we need to believe and trust? 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. So Christ died for our sins. Is that according to me? Is that according to you? Is that according to any preacher, any pastor, evangelist, church member, whatever the case may be? No. It's according to the scriptures. So Christ died for our sins. In verse 4, 
and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. You see that there? So the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is according to the scriptures. So let me ask you another personal question. Do you believe the scriptures? And by the way, to be a Bible believer, you cannot just pick and choose in the Bible what you want to believe and then you throw the rest out. The Bible is not trail mix. You know, you, you can, with trail mix, you can pick out the chocolate chips and, and uh, M&Ms and, or whatever you like and then the rest, just throw it out. But with the Bible, you cannot do that. To be a true Bible believer, you must believe the Bible from cover to cover. Dr. Ruckman used to say that he believed the Bible from cover to cover, including the covers. Amen? But some say... Well, I don't believe the the uh, the story of Adam and Eve. That that's just that that is just a fairy tale to teach a lesson. But you can't do that. All right. So once a person gets saved, they are no longer in Adam, but in Christ. And all of their sins, not just past sins, but all sins, past, present, future, all forgiven, all dealt with at the cross. Amen. All right, so I will go ahead and I will stop right there. That is uh, sin. Pray that this message was a blessing to you and a help to you. And uh, so, before we go, uh, I want to play a song for you. It, it is um, by Sound Doctrine, and it is called Two Coats. Just listen to the words and pray it's a blessing to you. Two coats were before me, the old and the new. And I could have either, so what must I do? One coat was ugly and terribly torn The other a new one that had never been worn The old coat was earthly and not fit to wear I thought about it often, shed a many tears But there was a new one presented to view So I laid off the old coat and I put on the new 
And I'll tell you the best thing that I ever did do I laid off the old coat and I put on the new earthly and made from the ground we all bore his image the whole world around but next was my savior from heaven so fair he gave me this new coat that you now see me wear amen and this new coat it fits me and it keeps me so warm it's good in the winter and it's good in the storm and my savior has dressed me in garments so rare he fills me with glory and his image i'll bear and i'll tell you the best thing that i ever did do i laid off the old coat and i put on the new Praise God. So, if you are not saved, I urge you right now to put your faith and trust in Christ. And His precious shed blood and his death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation right now. Don't wait another minute. Don't wait another second. Your next breath is no guarantee. Put off. Put off that old man Adam and put on the new man Jesus Christ amen if you don't trust Christ for your salvation and you die you will die in your sins and you will wake up in hell with no opportunity ever again 
to change your mind about Christ. Amen. All right. So thank you so very much uh, for being with me today. Thank you for your prayers for me and uh, my family, for the ministry that he has entrusted us with. Until next time, God bless you. And he'll call us home to heaven. At his table we'll sit down. Christ will gird himself and serve us with sweet man.